Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful.com, and it's time for your post-impact wrestling show. It is myself. I am Joel Pearl, and I am joined, as always, by the lovely, talented, incredibly fun, my ride or die. I say it all the time. Cresta Star. How you doing, Cresta? I'm doing well. When you were doing that, I was feeling the Booker T. It was coming out. It was coming out. <laughs> five times. Five times. Five times. Five times. <laughs> How uh, are you? I'm doing great, I, I, by the way. I'm doing pretty good. I, uh, I'm, I'm packing my bags, my, my family, my partner, my, uh, my, my three month old, we are hopping on a plane tomorrow. We're going to go visit my family. So I'm, I'm a little, a little nervous because we haven't <laughs> flown with a baby yet, but, uh, we're doing okay. We're just getting everything settled. He's, he's sleeping. Hopefully we all sleep tonight. And then tomorrow we all board. It's an hour flight to where we're going. So it's, it's not a big deal. That's looking, not too looking, bad. Yeah. But I am Maybe looking forward to Exactly. I am looking forward to you guys and girls and friends beyond the binary in the chat. Hello, how are you? It's good to see you. And if you're joining us live, go ahead and leave us a thumbs up. Maybe you're watching us after the fact, do the same thing. Or if you're in the chat, say hello. You can also drop us a super chat. It's that little dollar sign. And that allows you to get your question or statement read on the air. Or you can donate a humper chat. Cresta, do the thing. 
you can go to humperchats.com. We get a little bit more of the little donations that you give us, and we'll read your chat on air as well. We love to hear from you, so ask us your impact questions. Ask us any questions. We'll give you advice. Maybe not good ones, but we'll give you advice. <laughs> I, got, I got some life advice for people. I got I got a lot of advice. Um, I also have some major, major news that dropped before we went on the air that I didn't tell you yet. Uh, I'm ready for it. Give it to it, me. Impact just announced on their socials that at their next show, the Derby City Rumble, Kushida is going to be appearing. Get ready. <clears throat> when I hear Kushida, I think X Division is about to get tore up and down. Him versus Speedball, him versus Trey. Now, these may have been matches that have happened before, but I haven't seen them. And I'm fantasy booking it. Anyone, even, even Ace Austin. Okay, I'm here for it. I'd be here for it. I'm, yes, and anywhere with Kashida. Yes, yes, please. Times ten. <laughs> Kashida awesome. and Chris Bay. Let's do it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Even though I like, I think Kashida's a bully, so I think he's gonna beat up everyone. So <laughs> I don't Spy want that, name. but I want it. <laughs> you know what? Because the story for when when Kushida came back to New Japan, there was a bunch of rumors about uh, him joining Bullet Club. I think this is a good opportunity for Ace Austin and Chris Bay to have a few bangers with Kushida and maybe play off of that a little bit. We'll see if they do it, but I'm excited. We had another big, big debut tonight opening up the show. Alan Angels, the former number five of the Dark Order from AEW. He, uh, by the way, did an interview with Sean Ross Sapp, that uh, a huge giant dork, if you know, you know, Sean Ross Sapp. Going to see him next week in Toronto. But anyway, Alan Angels and Sean Ross Sapp sat down for a really, really good interview. That's over here on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Check out the interview. It's really the only one that Alan Angels did. And he got himself an X Division Championship match to open up against Speedball Mike Bailey. First, before we get into it, I have to ask Cresta, because we do it every week. Overall, what did we think about the show? How did we feel about the show? Chat, you can chime in. You know you always will. Uh, how are you feeling about tonight's episode of Impact? <clears throat> Very middle of the road. Nothing terrible. Nothing to me detrimental. If I had to give it out of five, if I am pretending that I am a wrestling god, I would give it like a 3.5 out of five. It was it was it, it was nothing bad, nothing amazing, nothing that was like oh, Allen Angels coming out first, X Division champion and um, championship, um, rather really good. I think that was great. Um, but besides that, like I expect Impact to be great, so that's not a criteria anymore. <laughs> like I expect you to always be great. So like it was good. What did you think about the show overall? I'm in agreement with you. Uh, I think I'm. I don't know. I'm. I'm going between a three and a 3.5. There were moments that I really liked. There was some meat on the bone stuff that I would have liked to have seen, but there were some really good matches. When we talk about the Allen Angels match against Speedball, that's one of them. Trey and Laredo Kid, of course, had a really good match. That was to be expected. And uh, there were some good backstage segments, uh, some that made me laugh. Of course, we'll get into the Swingman stuff. And even the Tennille, I mean, listen, Last week, we sat here and said that Giselle Shaw and Alicia Edwards had, like, awful acting chops. And this week, I thought Giselle was actually really funny with her lines. I was I, I enjoyed it a lot better. So uh, there was some stuff in there, but I didn't I didn't love the episode. But, you know, it's give or take. It's That's wrestling. impact. There's it's some wrestling. stuff you're going to love. It's wrestling. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, subjective art form, right? 
So let's dig in. Alan Angels debuts, takes on Speedball Mike Bailey, gets himself a championship match to open his impact run. Uh, we'll see how long that goes. He's excited coming out, and I love that for him. Uh, and he gets a lot of offense in early. He looks really good. Eventually, uh, there's there's just a lot of back and forth before we dig into that. Cresto, what do you think of the match? How'd you feel? I liked the fact that Alan Angels got a big warm welcome. Everyone in the crowd was hot for him. And it's funny because the crowd is typically always hot for Speedball Mike Bailey. Want to give a shout to commentary. He said, he's here, not just another number. I was like... Oh, I see what you did there. But overall, the match was good. I liked Alan Angels in AEW. So to see him here in another promotion, I feel like on a grand stage to open up with the championship, absolutely amazing. Speedball, um, let me just take a quick. The moon saw outside. I think it was like in the first third of the match when Speedball gave it to Alan Angels. Like that was gnarly because it looked like he hit him right here on the head. But yep. the both of these men. Like pound for pound, I expected Bailey to win because no, no disrespect to Angels, you just got here though. Like, come on now, and Bailey just got it. But the match overall was superb. I thought. What did you think about it? I agree. I really enjoyed the match. I'm really happy that they gave uh, Angels a lot of shine. I like that he got to showcase a lot of what he does. He got the Halo Breaker, which is basically yeah. a, a spinning reverse neck breaker. Uh, he got to use uh, his uh, good old fashioned frog, frog splash. Easy for me to say. He missed <laughs> it. He missed it, but he still got to, to bust that out. Mm -hmm. uh, there was just a really, really good offense being used. Uh, and then overall, just the, the match was was solid. There was a spot in the middle where they hit a Spanish fly. and That was pretty. It, but it looked a bit awkward to me. Oh, it looked like you know it what? hurt both men and they just kind of both went down and were selling different parts as if they, mm -hmm. they didn't mean to do it and they kind of stumbled their way into the spot. It felt a little strange to me. Maybe my eye is untrained because I thought it looked good. I was like, what? I was When I saw that, I also had company over. I was like, oh my God. And everyone else was like, how did he do that? I'm like, necromancy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when it's when it's done right, the Spanish fly is a beautiful move. It's two people flipping around in synchronicity, and that's pretty yes. that's pretty mm -hmm. cool. But uh, for some reason, that particular one it just looked awkward to me. It looked like they both got uh, they're, they're not hurt, but it looked like they mm -hmm. both were selling, and it just felt a little awkward. But otherwise, it was good. I mean, Speedball using that flamingo driver more and more in impact. I'm all for it. Tell him to keep doing it, and then whatever Mike Bailey uses, whatever he's calling that across the ring build to kick you in the corner uh -huh. i like it and i want to know what we're gonna call it like what what do you call it like the coast to coast in your face like what, what, what kind of a name do we have for a kick like that uh the speedball the double underhanded uh, i don't know i never played any sports i don't know <laughs> speedball in the wind i know chat's gonna come up with some options i know they will <laughs> But either way, Bailey gets the win with the Ultimo Weapon, one of his favorites, one of his most known. Mm -hmm. And then they do handshakes and hand raises. And then the post-match. They really blow this off right quick. Dina and Doring come out violent by design. They take out both men. I love Joe Doring's short arm, Hanson Lariat. It's dirty looking. It's so good. Did you get a chance? Actually, I know the answer to this question. You did watch Against All Odds. Yes, I did. You, I yeah. did. <laughs> and I was live tweeting it. I was in the zone. <laughs> so you got a chance to see the show. Uh, you saw Doring versus Alexander. How did you feel? Did you enjoy that match? We can go a little, we can go back a little bit <coughs> against all odds as we go through the show. Uh, how did you feel about Doring versus Alexander in that match? I think no matter what Alexander does, he is a star. 
and this is please don't please don't beat me up internet people i thought doring looked amazing but i thought he was a little sluggish in that match it was, maybe it was me jesus i don't know but i'm like it was a good match but i felt like i've seen better out of doring if that makes sense yeah i get it joe doring to me is always very plodding he's mm-hmm. always he's always not slow but he's always like mm, 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 you know things are going yeah uh, but I, I get what you're saying. Maybe maybe he could have kicked it up a notch for that match against Josh Alexander. I thought overall it was a good match. I was actually surprised that yeah. there was no there was it was clean. It was clean. I was surprised. I thought someone was gonna run out. And the question I kept playing in my head, which leads us back into tonight, and what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago about where's Eric Young? Did you did you set this up with Eric Young? What's going on? Is Eric Young going to come out? Was this a red herring? So tonight really tied it all together. And if there was a theme of impact tonight, it was, are they going to break up or aren't they featuring <laughs> pick a team? <laughs> a good point. And, and I like that you mentioned it. So, uh, so Diener gets on the mic and he's calling out Josh Alexander, but out comes Eric Young and he's looking to just despondent and tired. He's over it trying to get, you know, pick up the pieces after his loss. <laughs> but then he calls out, the fact that Diener and Joe went after the world championship without Eric Young's permission and without Eric Young there to supervise Joe Doring. Doring suffers his first last loss in impact, which they pointed out that was the, his first pinfall loss since December of 2019. That's wild. So I was a big fan of Eric Young saying that, you know, the sickness has come for both men. He trashes the audience. He calls them worthless. He calls the entire roster worthless. He says he has the difficult decision in front of him. He could purge them both. But then Cody Diener is like, we deserve a chance to make things right. And then Eric Young says it's okay. Or that, that it is, you know, they're going to, they're going to bring him back in. It's no problem, but the world belongs to him. The promo was good. A little bit of like, uh, pro wrestling lore BS that I didn't love, but the general statement being that Cody Deaner went rogue and he shouldn't have. Uh-huh. I like that. There's a little bit of division in violent by design. I actually thought that for a moment there, and maybe this is for me watching so many other promotions. I was going to, when he said, you know what? You're right. And listening to you, we realized that the sickness, I was going to say, are you about to kick out Eric Young of his own group? I like that they're trying to get it together. I kind of don't want Violent by Design to break up, even though I felt bad for Cody Dieter at first. And now, and like, it, it leads so many questions. I like that this group is complex. I like that, hey, can Cody Dina get it together? Will Cody Dina just be like, I'm not dealing with this? Will he turn on Eric Young? I like that this group is complex. And even though Joe Doring is quiet and brooding, I want to know how he feels about it. Because is he? does he feel like a pawn? Does he feel like... Am I just the monster here? Do I have a say? Do I agree with Eric Young? I'm interested to see how it goes, but I don't want Violet by design to break up. Me neither. In fact, I went so far as to ask Eric Young a few weeks ago if you could add any TNA member, any member of the roster from the last 20 years into Violent by Design, who would you bring in? And his answers were pretty interesting. I'll, the, hopefully the interview will drop soon, but uh, mm-hmm. the conversation that, that EY and I had really opened my eyes to a lot of his feelings towards uh, his career and about impact wrestling and his dedication to, uh, to professional wrestling, to impact specifically and to violent by design as a group. I think there was some really good stuff. Hopefully it's uh, it's going to see the light of day real soon, but 
Either way, promo was good. Uh, we find out that there's going to be a six-man tag late, except for next week. We'll get to how that gets set up a little mm-hmm. later in the night. Instead, let's talk about Honor No More and how I finally am on the same page with you, Cresta. I'm done. I'm over it. It's gone. The mission statement, whatever it is, it doesn't exist anymore. The promo was fine, but it's just them talking. And okay, it's not just that it's them talking. It's that it's them speaking one by one as if they have these lines laid out for them and they've practiced Mm -hmm. it for weeks and now they're going to give them and it's a big overacted segment. I don't like it. And the fact that they have the mission statement is that they have no mission statement because when they came in, they were under the impression that they were eventually going to go back to ring of honor, whatever it was going to look like, or that ring Uh of honor wasn't going to be owned by Tony Khan and basically brought back to ring of honors way of being. So now honor no more is just rudderless. (coughs) It's not good. And like, they can talk about barricades and dead corpses and that they suffer setbacks and now they want to get rid of PCO. And that's sure. But like, what the hell is Honor No More now? If they're not Ring of Honor's offshoot group that left Ring of Honor to come to Impact to cause havoc, you can't cause havoc on absolutely nothing that doesn't exist anymore. What the hell are they? I want them to stop blaming PCO for everything that's wrong with the group. <clears throat> I want, like you said, I want their mission statement to make sense. If you're going to say our mission statement is no mission statement, then you causing chaos clearly isn't effective. So you have to get something together. At this point, it's like do something or because you're all phenomenal wrestlers. I still like Kenny King. I, I Kenny King for president. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kenny King got his ass whooped later on in the night anyway. But we'll I, get don't there. I don't see that. I don't doesn't see that. I don't see that. Doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like at this point, like I want you to be more than what you are, or let's start the breakup angle because you blaming PCO and then who's next? Vincent, then who's next? This person, then this person, or who you're gonna have left? Bennett and um uh, yeah, Bennett and Taven, or uh, Bennett and what's his name, uh, Eddie Edwards. And then what do they do? Eddie Edwards, Edward Edwards becomes the heart and soul of Impact Wrestling once again. He turns back face, and I'm I was over that years ago, so <laughs> I don't need that either. I need to know what Honor No More is supposed to stand for because right now the the only thing they're standing for is that everyone's wrong <laughs> and that they're just eating each other up, like they're just they're going to eat each other from the inside and then what are they going to do there now they set up the six man or i guess it's actually an eight man next week mm-hmm. for between bullet club and and honor no more once again it feels like because the good brothers are involved that maybe the tag titles are going to start finally coming into play for honor no more but again if honor no more is going to keep you know losing the big one and then picking up a few six man here and there what the hell do I care if they're going to like, if, why do I care that they should be in the tag title run? Well, what are they going to do? Agree. Cause like, even if so, you can maybe win the big one in a tag match and a five man tag match. But when it comes two on two, I'm not bet. I'm not putting my money on you. And even if you win, I feel like by next pay-per-view, if you make it that far, you're going to get, you're dropping the titles in fighting. Who should be the tag team? I think, I think it's time. I think it's time. Old yeller. I think it's time. <laughs> I think it's time that y'all leave a thumbs up on this video and uh, maybe maybe donate a super chat, get your question or statement read on the air. Let's keep going. 
<sighs> failure is not an option on or no more is rudderless. That's that's really what it is. That's that's their their mission statement is that they are rudderless. Oh, <laughs> uh, backstage is Deanna and Chelsea talking with GM Miller. They talked to Mia Yim because Deanna Peraza is going to face Mia Yim in the main event. And uh, Chelsea says that when you mess with Deanna, you mess with her too. And then out comes Gail Kim. That's a breath of fresh air. I like seeing that. And she says that she loves Deanna and Chelsea as a tag team. She loves it when women support each other. And then she makes a match next week. It's Chelsea Green versus Mickey James. And everyone, everyone is banned from ringside. And they start freaking out, the ladies do. And then I love it. She turns around and says, oh, by the way, they're all banned tonight for your match, <laughs> Deanna. And they all just freak out. It was a good segment. What'd you think? I liked it, how she came in like, oh, my God, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've been, I love you guys so much. By the way, you're fired. <laughs> it was great because they were really out here getting ready to bully. Even Gia, who's just out here trying to do her job, they were ready to bully somebody. I thought it was fantastic. I thought Gail in that segment was fantastic. And I like the fact that she's like, everyone's barred from ringside. I don't want to hear you say, well, this person, because you're blaming Mickey James and you guys do the same thing. Funny. Not funny, ha-ha, but funny, interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we move on. Laredo Kid takes on Trey Miguel. It's a good match. It's a nice little reset match for Trey, mm-hmm. who uh, had a really good match with Speedball against all odds. Uh, I really liked, by the way, that both Trey Miguel and Speedball Mike Bailey were selling their respective injuries, their legs. So they both brought that into the match tonight, the, the, their respective matches. A uh, big fan of that. Uh, if you look closely, by the way, Trey Miguel uses a water bottle for his spray can entrance. Just saying. Yo, you're exposing the business. <laughs> I am exposing nothing. I do like that they're leaning into Venom Trey, though. They're, they're leaning into this whole I like Venom that. thing. Yeah. I think that when he turns heel, it's a great arc. Like, if you are familiar with comics, I don't know if you can see my shirt. It says Marvel. <laughs> but, like, that's a good – it's a good arc if you're not following verbatim. But it's like, hey, this is the loss that injected the venom. And now I'm pissed. And, hey, sometimes it's got to do heel stuff. Sometimes you have to be a heel. <laughs> that's right. Hey, squared circle squares, thank you for the super chat. Appreciate you. If you got a question or comment, uh, drop it in the chat. Try and answer it. So, uh, again, solid match. Trey's taped up. We talked about that. He does a, a pendulum swinging neck breaker that looks really good. Trey Miguel mm-hmm. does. And uh, I love Laredo Kid at one point. Just does a slingshot, brings Trey back into the ring, and then hits a Michinoku driver. It's really good stuff. That really was crisp. Really good. These guys are real good. Really good. And then Trey wins LOL with a crossroads. One leggy. That's what I kept yelling this whole match. One leggy tray. <laughs> they're selling it, and then there's I have one leg. <laughs> it was good. I this man, gravity doesn't agree with him, and his selling like he's going to die. I believe it. I believe it. He's so good. He's so good. Uh Squared Circle Square is the Silent Angels is the new breed of professional wrestling. And I agree. He's really, really good. And yeah. if you if you're going to watch an Allen Angels match outside of AEW, he's got plenty of really good ones on the indies. But I think this is a pretty good standout TV uh-huh. match for Allen Angels. This was good. I agree. Uh, and I and I think that uh, Trey and Laredo Kid was good. They they do this thing with Laredo Kid where they bring him in. He has a slew of good matches, but like he also is kind of there to build and then be defeated. That's uh-huh. the Laredo Kid way. And eventually they might build to Laredo Kid versus Mike Bailey. But like, it just felt weird. It just, it feels like, you know, well, we're building back Trey and uh, hopefully we're going to have an evil Trey on our hands. But uh, with Laredo Kid, it's like they bring him in, they build him up. He just lost to Black Taurus, which was, 
that was a story, by the way, against that was Hall a Hodge. good match, really good match. match. But I wasn't but expecting that, but that was so good. Those two guys not only have the chemistry, and they're both very different but similar luchadors, mm -hmm. but the way that they build uh, Laredo Kid and the way that they build Black Daughters, very similar. That's the way that Impact does it. So to watch both of them have that, uh, it was it was kind of a a weird match to watch. And Black Daughters getting the win ended up making a lot of sense when we get to the match with PCO. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I digress. Let's move forward. Backstage with the Violent by Design. They're looking for Josh Alexander. They find the Motor, Motor City Machine Guns. I can't speak tonight, Cresta. <laughs> it's okay. I Go believe over. in you. <laughs> you. They find Motor City Machine Guns, and they're just like, where's Josh Alexander? And Shelly and Saban are just like, mm, why should we care? Yeah. And then they start fighting for some reason. It was just, I don't know what was going on. Uh, Josh Alexander shows up, says, I'm right here, and they brawl, so they're going to do a six-man tag. Hooray. I'm with it. I'm with it. I mean, yeah. honestly, Violet by Design are good wrestlers. So Motor City Machine, Motor City Machine Guns you too. <laughs> you too. is a good tag team as well. Well, I feel like I never spoke English a day in my life saying that. <laughs> going to look forward to that six-man tag. It's going to be good because I know that all six guys in this match are going yeah. to tear it up. That's going to be fine. I'm interested in seeing who steps up next to Josh Alexander. Um, spoiler alert, I know who it is, but I'm not going to spoil it here. And hopefully chat don't do it either. But I'm looking forward to what He comes can see next. the future. He's a witch. <laughs> I, I am a witch, so here we go. Uh, Killer Kelly is back. Speaking of the witch, she's like, I love dingy hotel rooms. And I get it. I get it. I, I stay in dingy hotels. Oh. Lady, I've been to Queens, I know. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm not from here, so heck this place. <laughs> I know. That's why I didn't say. That's why I didn't say. I, I didn't say anywhere specific. I've been to Queens. I know. Anyway, she <laughs> says only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. Mm -hmm. So Killer Kelly was a weird um, story. She was supposed to come into Impact, and then the pandemic hit. She was living. I believe she's German. She was unable to secure visas. The pandemic happened. She was stuck. She came and then she had, I think there was some health issues there. She's okay now. Clearly she's coming to impact wrestling. I'm excited. A knockouts division that is full of diverse talent is about to get even more diverse. Give me killer Kelly versus Masha Slamovich eventually. Cause those two are going to probably uh capital M murder each other. I know nothing about killer Kelly. So just seeing this vignette, I was like, this girl is kind of creepy. But if you are an impact of any type of caliber wrestler, you have to either be able to mix it up, mix it up, or be <laughs> yucked in the ring. So <laughs> there are, there's a lot of those, but I have high hopes for this girl. You don't stay in dingy motels and come to pat your face. You know what I mean? <laughs> there you go. Killer Kelly has done matches for blood sports. Oh, Josh Barnett's blood sports. So you're going to enjoy that. If you, if you like watching people beat the, absolute dog shit out of each other in a pro wrestling environment that's a little more heavy hardcore that's killer Kelly. you should go watch some of her stuff she's real real good mm. the hardest i go is rosemary the rosemary match with her versus mia yim i think her name was jade at the time that yep. was a lot for me so if you say it's my heart i'm not, I'm not talking i'm not talking like plunder i'm not talking like clockwork orange house of fun i'm talking like hard hitting 
could beat you till you bleed, not hit you with things until you bleed. I'm talking fists and forearms and fighting. Oh, like Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, she brawler. Oh, you get it. Oh, okay. Now I'm interested. I'm interested. Hey, hey, I need that. <laughs> I am all about that. So I'm looking forward to seeing Kelly, Killer Kelly make her debut in Impact Wrestling, or at least her return to Impact Wrestling. We're backstage again. It's America's Most Wanted with Gia Miller. They they took the wrong audio for this, by the way. Ooh. The camera, the camera is like uh, picking. They're not picking up the the microphone. Mm-hmm. They're picking up the audio of overhead. I don't know what happened, but it sounded awful. Happens. It happens. And uh, James Storm puts over America's Most Wanted. Puts over Chris Harris, and then Harris says they did everything they needed to do. He did everything he needed to get out of his system. And then that if that was America's most wanted's last ride, then that's how he wanted to go out. And Storm says, you never know when or where he's going to show up. But now he has some unfinished business. Whew. First of all, did you expect America's most wanted at Against All Odds to have the match that they did in that 10-man tag? Were you surprised? Were you happy? How did you feel? So the match went the way I thought it was going to go. From what I understood about Chris Harris and why he left and how he came back and all the things he had to fight through, him doing his big spots, maybe a little bit in peril, but tagging in and out made perfect sense. Did I think they were going to tag team after that? No. The way it was set up was that this was a 20-year anniversary thing, and this was something special. And the way James Storm was very protective of Chris Harris, like, no, dog. Yeah, you're fired up. And... This after this promo, definitely. So I'm glad for this man's safety because it was a good match. I'm yes, get it in while you can. But I'm also interested to see what James Storm does because we'll talk about that, I guess, in a sec when he's like storming around the back looking for old boy Moose. So besides these two guys, I want to see who else James Storm will go against and if he has a run for the um, Impact Act, uh, not tag team, Impact World Championship. Well. James Storm goes and finds Moose's locker room, and inside of that locker room is Steve Macklin. <laughs> Macklin says he thought Storm's match it against all odds was his retirement match, which I kind of cackled. I thought it was silly. Uh, and then Storm's like, I'm in the prime of my career. And he challenges Macklin to a match next week. He, he said something about uh, oak trees. He, he made an allusion to trees, and I thought it was cute. I didn't write it down. But uh, if you were if you were there or if you heard it, it was real good. I, I can't else. remember it. Nah, I had, um, like I said, I had family over. And when we get to Johnny Swinger's second, I'm going to tell you the embarrassing stories. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, no, it was good. Good, good second. Good second. I'm looking forward to them paying off what is fairly long-term storytelling. Once upon a time, mm-hmm. Moose took out James Storm. So there's, there's a bit of a story there if you go back further enough. Okay. Yeah. Uh, PCO versus Black Taurus. My God, here comes heavy metal. These two big boys went for it. PCO clotheslining Black Taurus out of the ring on either side and then hitting a damn cannonball through the second rope was absolutely gnarly. But then he follows it up with something even more gnarly, Cresta. He hits a deanimator and it looks rough. Like he hit the shoulder of Black Taurus. He took him, it, it just he hurt himself, PCO did, more than Black Taurus. And then it gets even worse because at the end of the match, he hits the PCO salt and his damn knees hit Taurus in the face. And I'm sitting here, I'm saying Black Taurus needs a raise, man, because he got the shit knocked out of him by his PCO. 
talk to me about this match. It was good. It hit hard, but man, a lot of moments that were just a little rough. After watching Black Taurus wrestle at uh, Slam Against All Odds, I was expecting a hard-hitting match. I DM'd you this on Twitter, but every time PCO wrestles, I'd be like, yo, because that deanimator, no matter which angle he hits it from, always looks rough. <laughs> so, like, this match, not, not great. I thought it was, like, I'm always sports entertained. I, that's the best way to put it. I'm always going into it like, yes, wrestling. But this one was rough. <laughs> yeah. When he does that deanimator, he usually, PCO, uh, he'll either like hit all of it or hit none of it. There is no in between. Either he's going to hurt himself or he's going to like, not, I don't want to say hurt his opponent because it's not that. But it, in the in the wrestling world, like the wrestling way of speaking, mm. he'll hurt his opponent, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, so it'll either look really good or really not great. Uh, and this was a was a moment where it just did not look great and looked like PCO hurt himself more than he hurt uh, Black Taurus. Well, hopefully I see Black Taurus in the funnies because he died. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, PCO beat him up. Like, like, but that aside, PCO beat him up. Like, that's that's what happened. Those are the facts. <laughs> PCO gets the win, makes his statement. Post-match, Honor No More comes out, and they turn their attention to Crazy Steve. And while they're all about to ravenously beat the shit out of Crazy Steve, Heath lays out Kenny King because Kenny King's in the background. And Heath just kind of jumps him from behind, leaves through the crowd. He's all amped up. And Honor No More is like, hey, we're going to beat you down. And he's like, Haha, I don't think so. <laughs> I like this assassin Heath. I'm in, I'm out, I'm doing my move. Bam. He said, I'm going to get you all. Maybe I'm putting on my tinfoil hat here. Maybe Ooh. he starts attacking Honor No More and they start infighting more. And then Honor No More break up and they think it's PCO. And then it's not PCO, but because they're blaming PCO, he starts helping Heath. Okay, I'm taking my tinfoil hat off now. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take your tinfoil hat from you. I'm going to put it on my head. He's going to continue to beat up Honor No More until Honor No More get the best of him. And then Rhino makes his return. And we're back to the races. It's Honor No More versus Heath and Rhino. And Honor No More might be the tag champs at the time. I don't like that. <laughs> no, I didn't say I liked it. I'm just saying my tinfoil hat is now off of my head. And That's we fair. move on. You had me until then. I'm like, I don't like that. <laughs> well, what I do have... Is Gia Miller talking to the Bullet Club, who have a really nice uh, LED TV with uh, with with nice. They got the nice uh, LED lights behind mm -hmm. it. It's very very nice, fashionable. Good Brothers and Ace of Bay are hanging out, and they're like, "Hey, we beat Honor no more. Now we're gonna finish their fights because they can't finish their own." And Ace is like, "Hey, I'm the new guy. I'm starving for some action. I'm the fresh face. I want to get involved." And I'm just like, "No, you don't. There are better <laughs> things for you to do, Ace. Please stop." And then the Good Brothers and Bay agree, and they challenge Honor No More to another match. And I'm like, okay, sure. Why not? Just do something with this. And that's why I'm saying hopefully this turns into a tag title story with Good Brothers and maybe Taven and Bennett. I don't know who from Honor No More, but that makes the most sense because they are an actual tag team coming in mm. from Honor No More. Uh, what are your thoughts, Good Brothers and Honor No More, one more time? Um, I like how... Uh... Luke Gallows called Ace Austin young good brother. <laughs> that took me out. I thought that was so funny. I like the idea of them having a 5v5 because all of these wrestlers, besides Honor No More, the, the concept being a little bit for me at this point, all of them are phenomenal. So I'm always wanting to see Chris Bay in the ring. I think he's 10 out of 10, would recommend. Um, 
So, yeah, like you said, as long as it gives them something to do, so they're not like, what are you doing? But I do think there's a better use of the Bullet Club. I'll watch it. Of course I'm going to watch it, but I do think there is a better use of the Bullet Club. With the story of whether or not Bullet Club re-signs, or not Bullet Club, Good Brothers re-sign with Impact, I think that's still on the table. And now, of course, people are talking because they're redoing FTR versus the Briscoes at the next Ring of Honor show, which... I know we're all excited for was announced today. Uh, and of course, people are now saying, hey, how about FTR comes into Impact? Take them Impact Tag Titles instead. <laughs> and I like the idea. Why not do it? Have Or have the Briscoe show up, win the tag titles before July 23rd, and then challenge, uh, put the Impact Tag Titles on the line against FTR. Why not? At an ROH show. I like that. I like Who that. Who knows? They're the belt collectors. FTR really... <laughs> FTR... And Taya Valkyrie are really the belt collectors on the low low. Uh, yeah, they are. Taya is the real one. Yeah. On. <laughs> She's the real one. But uh, either way, I mean, I don't know if FTR is going to come in through Impact. I think Impact has another, uh, another way to go with their tag titles. And I'd love to see FTR and Impact. I would. I just think right now it's not there yet for mm-hmm. them to pop in. That's That's where I'm sitting. Okay. I respect that answer. Ryan Myers. I don't respect him. Let's talk about it. He wins the digital media championship. And you know what this idiot's doing? He's he's signing autographs before he takes the money. Cresta, he's an idiot. He is because he signed an autograph. And who's, oh, whose picture was it? The swing daddy. Oh. I saw it. I saw he signed that kid's thing. When he, the kid turned it over, it was Johnny Swing. I was like... Come on now, guy. <laughs> why are you taking shit from the Swingman? Why are you mm, why are you stealing Swingman's gimmicks? Why are you doing that? First of all, Johnny Swinger is a, is a god among men, is a national treasure. He deserves the world. And then he mentions Viano 4, which by the way, if you are a Triple A fan and you're watching this story unfold of Viano 4 having banger matches at his age and he's about to have a match against Penta at the next Triple Mania or Triple Mania, they're going to have a match and it's mask versus mask. So I think Viano 4 is about to uh, lose his mask because I don't see Penta taking it off anytime soon. Either way, Penta's Viano. getting his mask smashed on AEW every other week now. That's actually a good point. <laughs> I think about that. Maybe they are planning to do some shit with that. Every other week. So I'll drive it like a yickety. <laughs> Either way, he drops a Vienna 4 reference. I, I pop just because I know what's going on, Triple A. And then uh, Swinger is like, I know why you're here. You came to offer a swingman a shot at the strap, daddy. And, of course, you got Brian Myers saying, you're an idiot, calling Zicky Dice an idiot, which is a good callback because Zicky Dice and uh, VSK, they were in a group together with Matt Cardona and Brian Myers about uh, six months to a year ago. And okay. so that was a good callback. Calls him an idiot. And Zicky's like, I'm learning more with Swingman than I was with you guys. And then Bupinder Gujar shows up and he challenges Brian Myers. And Myers is like, why are people just asking if they can have a title shot? Like next week it's Gujar versus Swingman. And then Swingman offers Bupinder Gujar 30% off at Swingman's Dungeon. <laughs> Would you take it? Would you take the offer 30% off? No, I would have to spray my hand with Lysol. No. <laughs> what? What's the worst that could happen? You know what? I end up in the realm of death with fucking havoc. <laughs> oh, I'm excited to talk about that. I am so excited. 
Shira versus Rich Swan happens next. It's just a big man, little man contest. Little man wins. I have nothing to add. I don't know what they're doing with Rich Swan. I don't. Shira is just there. He's bigger in OVW, and they're about to do a thing on Netflix. Subscribe to Fightful Select on the whole OVW Netflix commentary and what it means for maybe Netflix and other companies like AEW or WWE down the line. Who knows? Fightful Select's got you covered along with a Sasha Banks and Naomi updates. You want some of that? Maybe you want some notes on the Bianca Belair interview that Sean Ross Sapp did. That big, giant, dork Sean Ross Sapp did with Bianca Belair. You can go check that out. Fightful Select, so much worth, so much value. Get your five bucks. Easy. Done. So what the hell are we doing with Swan and Shira? Do we care? What do you care? Do you care? It was a match. It wasn't bad, but I I was watching it, and I couldn't... I hate saying this. I hate saying this, because I... I hate going autopilot, Say it. but Say I couldn't it. tell you what happened. I couldn't tell you what happened. I couldn't tell you what happened. I'll tell you what happened. I wrote notes. I wrote notes. <laughs> Working Swan in corner takes out Swan takes out Sing, four fifty for the win. That's what I wrote. <laughs> yeah, it was a big man beating the shit out of a little guy, and then the little guy comes back, takes out the partner, comes back with speed, does a bunch of kicks to take down the big redwood, and then hits a phoenix splash after kicking the head. I like the share. Does the Hulk up spot only just to kick him in the face swan gets the win who knows what that's building to if anything maybe it's just one of those matches sometimes people gotta fight you just gotta fight just it's just there just gotta fight i mean they built it up after against all odds sure but it was eh, whatever backstage to with giselle to approaches uh giselle who's sitting in the backstage i should say and uh giselle's asked what does this crossed out photo mean because if you remember masha slamovich handed one to daniel to Tenille dashwood at against all odds and they were confused. And Giselle, of course, knows because her last partner got the shit kicked out of her by Masha Slamovich. And I love the fact that Giselle says, I didn't know UPS delivered on the weekend. I had a good laugh at that one. Come on. Giselle is a jerk. And I love it, honestly. I'm here for it. But also, do you really need Giselle Shaw to translate that Masha's going to kill you? Do you not Apparently. watch the product? <laughs> like- Apparently not. Like, come on, what do you what do you think this means? A picture of you with a red X on it given to you by Masha. What do you think this means? Come on now, guy. I mean, I'm, I feel sorry for Tanil. I guess Giselle Shaw got to die, so other people got to stop dying. So I don't, I don't know how she going to work that out. <laughs> Tanil says the partnership's not working. Madison Rain's like, I can't help because of my nose. Now she has a jewel-encrusted uh, face covering, which it's always funny in wrestling when you do that. I love and- that. It's good stuff. And then Tennille ups and leaves. She's upset. And that's that's the segment. Let's talk about the real segment, though. Rosemary and Valkyrie. Rosemary's like, where the hell was Havoc? Where's Havoc? What's going on? And then they're like, we have to go back to the undead realm. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. This is like Marty and the Doc having to go back to the future. It's the same thing. We have to go back, Marty. It's the same thing. But not because it's the undead realm. Rosemary says Ty can't come. Because people die if they're lucky in the undead realm. And Ty is like, good friends stick together. Like two pancakes stuck together. Good friends stick together. Good and then friends. I don't know. They're gonna they're gonna so they're gonna Thelma and Louise it to the undead realm to pick up their best friend Havoc. My question is, is this gonna be like a Taya double cross? And then it's gonna be Havoc and Taya, and they leave Rosemary in the undead realm. Come on. I think you still have my tinfoil hat on. <laughs> oh, sorry, my bad. Let's take that off. Uh, would you like it? <laughs> I mean, that's 
I want to put it on because honestly, that's not a bad call, but I am not familiar with the Undead Realm. And when I think of the Undead Realm, I think of during the pandemic when they were in like the streamer wrestler house. <laughs> and that's what I'm thinking of. So I'm like, people die or they get stuck there. Buddy. <laughs> so I'm I'm interested, but that would be really heckin' clever if they leave Rosemary then and Rosemary comes back and then that would be really interesting. I'm on board with that. I'm not against it. That'd be interesting. I see people in chat being like, didn't they do this 10 years ago? Here's the thing about that. Nothing in wrestling is original. <laughs> Nothing That's is an true. original. Nothing's original in any entertainment. They're gonna Everything's going to come back. It is what it is. Uh, and I see people being like, I hate the Undead Realm stuff. I, I get it. I laugh at the Undead Realm. I I love and hated Wrestle House at the same time. And I think Wrestle House coming back for another Thanksgiving special or an annual Thanksgiving special is the right play. I would just keep doing that. Well, there's one thing about Impact. You get really good wrestling and sometimes you get real comedy wrestling. And when I hear the Undead Realm, I'm expecting a oh, yuck a swerve, and then really good wrestling at the end of it. I just got to get to the yuck and the swerve. <laughs> well, I want to make a very, uh, I want to make a very important announcement. I want to say something very important to me, Cresta. Will you let me, will you let me speak for an instance? Speak. You have the floor, young man. Young man. Oh, I want to address that big giant dork, Sean Ross Sapp, for a second. See, for those of you who watch, listened, well, not your boy, because no one wanted to talk to Sean this past week, and I get it. No one wants to talk to a giant dork like Sean Ross Sapp, someone who's just a huge, uh, just a jerk to everybody. Why, why would you want to work with someone like Sean Ross Sapp, right? Why would you want to do that? Well, this dork on Wednesday decided that he wants to come to Toronto, and then I sent him a little video, and I had his friends tell him how they feel about him. He's a big, giant dork. By the way, hashtag SRS is a giant dork. And I said, Sean, if you want a shot at the forever champion, for those who don't know, I am the Fightful champion. There is a photo with a championship belt. I do have it. I've had that belt for almost two years. We're over two years now. Okay. Let's talk about this. Sean Ross Sapp decided that he wants to show up in my hometown of Toronto. He wants to show up next week. And he wants to challenge for my Fightful Championship, Cresta. That's some garbage. So, Sean, here's what we're going to do. If you think you deserve this championship match so much, you have to earn it. And, you know, it's only fitting that I host this post-Impact show that I speak to Impact wrestlers all the time. And I, and I make some friends and rub some shoulders. And some of them actually think that I'm, I'm their boss, Scott Demore, because of the haircut. But I'm not. Either way... I have an opponent for you, Sean Ross Sapp. You're going to go one-on-one -on -one with the Impact World Champion, Josh Alexander. And guess what? You can pick the stipulation for the match, but you get Josh. See you in Toronto, big boy. Cresta, next week on Impact... Chelsea Green and Mickey James. Everyone's barred from ringside. James Storm versus Steve Macklin. Macklin's going to try and retire James Storm, I guess. 
Tennille Dashwood, Masha Slamovich, Masha Slamovich is going to murder Tennille Dashwood. Taven yeah. Bennett, Edwards and King from Honor No More are going to take on Ace of Bays and the Good Brothers. Hopefully that becomes an impact tag title thing story. And then Violent by Design versus Motor City Machine Guns and my new best friend and Sean Rossap's opponent to get to me, the final boss, the forever champion, that big giant dork. He's going to face Josh Alexander. But Motor City Machine Guns and Josh Alexander versus Violent by Design kick off impact next week. Anything to add about next week's uh, next week's show, Impact Wrestling? There was a lot that was said. I was, I'm, yes. <laughs> I'm happy for you. That's cool. Sean is going to die. Um, <laughs> next week is going to be a banger. Next week, I'm actually looking forward to a whole lot. I I, I really like Masha Slamovich, even if she does kill um, Tanil Dashwood. We'll see. Maybe, maybe Giselle Shaw interferes i don't know what that's gonna do but maybe that happens oh and ace of bays and um and uh honor no more that's gonna be good i don't want i know you're saying the whole tag team thing that's great and all that probably makes sense but in my fantasy i want bullet club to beat them up (laughs) i get it that's fair let's get to the super chat from hazel garcia Says solid show tonight. Really enjoyed the Speedball versus Allen Angels match and Deanna versus Mia Yim. Looking forward to the six man tag next week. Don't let Sean Ross sap that big giant dork. Take your belt, Joel. Well, he's not because he's got to go through Josh Alexander first and he ain't going to beat the Impact World Champion. But let's talk about Deanna versus Mia Yim, number one contendership to the Knockouts Championship. The winner gets to face Jordan Grace at Emergence, which, by the way, another Friday night impact special i didn't expect them to do another friday show i guess i should have known because i knew the date for the show but i'm excited i'm gonna enjoy it it was good to uh what i ended up doing was i watched smackdown and then i uh-huh. caught up on against all odds don't you know it worked for me but either way a friday night special that's cool uh but diana versus me Yim, talk to me about it what'd you enjoy about the match did you enjoy the match and we'll dig into it so i like i went into this match thinking diana peraza was going to beat up me again that's what I thought. And nothing against me again, but Deanna Perrazzo is a woman of a thousand holes. She's a really good technical wrestler. Nothing against me again. I like that Perrazzo for most of the match was like, you're going to go down. You're going to slow it down. I'm not going to let you get that grit, that power moves, that quickness that you like to do. I'm going to control you for most of the match. However, I guess I'm used to more explosive matches. This one, for me, was kind of slow. And at the end, we talked about this before we went live. It was very much, at the end, power move, power move, spam your super, spam your super. And then, you know, we have the winner, which I'm not mad at because Deanna Perrazzo had her run. And yes, Mia Yim deserves her shot. I'm not mad at it. I just, I kind of wish it went a different way. I kind of wish it she didn't have to take so many power moves to beat Perrazzo and maybe save that for Grace because she's the champion. But maybe they have something better in store. I'm not a wrestler. I'm not a booker. I liked it. I just thought it could have it could have been faster. I don't know if that's the word for it, you know? You pointed out something that is exactly uh, explanatory to what I feel about this match. We talk about the spam finish, which I didn't mm-hmm. love. You know, the match was good. They have good chemistry. I just don't yeah. love you got to do package pile driver is a 2.9. Queen's Gambit, which has put down most people, gets a kick out. 
I know it makes both women look strong. They did a code blue, which code red or Canadian destroyer, however you want. By the way, in Impact Wrestling, it's Canadian destroyer. Anyway, they do the code blue. They and and there's no finish there. They do the Queen's Gambit. It's two point nine. They do the package pile driver. They do a power bomb into a package pile driver from Yim onto Deanna Perazzo, and Perazzo kicks out. I get that Deanna is a former champion, very dominant. She is made to be the S tier of the division. But your champion is still Jordan Grace, and you said it yourself. She is strong. She is dominant. And now you just had Mia Yim basically do a ton of kicks, package pile driver, eat defeat. That was the finish. Those three moves are basically her power moves in her arsenal. Uh And she only took out Deanna Perrazzo from that. And now she's got to face Jordan Grace. I don't like it because I just think that. Jordan Grace now has to win this match or she just looks like a like a chump champ because Mia Yim unloaded all of her offense on Deanna Perrazzo, who is not pound for pound as strong as Jordan Grace. That's where it failed me. I think I think if the finish, I think that's something we both agree on, if the finish had it been different or maybe not so many power moves on either side because, like, <clears throat> again, not taking anything away from Yim, or Perazzo, they're both amazing technical wrestlers. Amazing. I just feel like using it over and over, like using your power move over and over doesn't make it special, especially when you need it for the champion. If Perazzo was champ, I understand. So is it going to take four times as much for Grace? Does it then lose its luster? You know, like I want, I want Yim to win. I do. Do I think I it's it. going to happen? I don't think so. But I really want Yim to win. I think she deserves it. After everything she's been through everywhere, everything, I think she deserves it. I, th- I think it'd be fantastic. But then it's like, what is it going to take if Perazzo can't beat Grace and you have to do all of this to beat Perazzo? It sets up a David and Goliath, but at what cost? Yeah. Well, I mean, Jordan Grace could just show up and beat the living shit out of Mia Yim. And then Mia Yim has to go back to the drawing board and maybe come back, but I don't think that that's the play because mm-hmm. I still think that jo- that Jordan Grace and Masha Slamovich should be where this hall comes to a head. Because if she's going to be, if Jordan Grace is going to be that person, that strong champ, and Masha is going to go through everybody and look dominant, then that's the match I want to see. That's those are the two people I want to go. Mia Yim absolutely has come back and looks great. I just don't know if this match is now going to deliver in the same way, given the way that this match went tonight. Mm. Also, listen, we're reacting right after the fact. Yeah. It's going to be a totally different match. I get that. And people are probably sitting at their computers watching us or on their phones and being like, it's not the same. And it's not the same. It's good. We're going to react differently when this match happens in August. But point is coming out of this match, I didn't like the way that they made all three women look. Mm-hmm. Jordan Grace just looks like a dominant champion. That, that, and that's it. And she has to stay looking that way. Uh, she comes out at the end. She shakes Mia Yim's hand, walks out. That's the end of the show. Um, again, pretty good show. Not amazing. Didn't blow my socks off. Things that I liked, things that I clearly didn't like. Sean Rossab is a giant dork. That's one thing that we got across. So you got to remember that. Uh, yeah. Is there, you want to add anything before we get out of here, Cresta? I will say for that last match that, I do have faith in Impact. Even if I'm a newer viewer, a last viewer on and off, I do have faith in Impact to tell 
a good story. Just right now in this moment, like you had said, reacting to it, seeing it right now, it's like, I wish it was better. They probably have something planned way down the line that we don't even know. So I want to say, please take our opinions with a grain of salt. <laughs> in the That's moment, weird. like in, in this moment, I wish that it was different. Just because, like I said, routinely Impact puts on amazing shows and makes everyone look really good. And I have faith that if I don't understand now, like with Johnny Swinger, I was like, oh, my God, he's so annoying. <laughs> I'm going to get it later. I'm going to get it later. And I have faith in that. And if wrestling doesn't make you pissed off, then. <laughs> and that's why we react live. And sometimes it plays out the way that we want. Sometimes it doesn't. That's just the way it is. But overall, I think most weeks we enjoy Impact. And it's yeah. not that we didn't enjoy it this time. It was just a little different than normal. You just have some critiques. I mean, give him my pen. You have some critiques. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? Go critique us in the comments if you really want to. That's fine. Or tell us you love us. You can leave us a five-star review in the audio realm if you're hanging out here. Or if you're at youtube.com slash go subscribe to us. Cresta, where are people going to find you these days? Hi, if you look at the bottom right here, it says Cresta at Cresta the Star. That's my Twitter. On my Twitter, there's a bio to my link tree that has the playlist for all of our impact shows. Yes, it has my TikTok, Instagram, Twitch, anywhere where you can type Cresta Star with two R's, you can find me laughing like Krusty the Clown in your ear. Joel, where can they find you? I'm not hard to find. I'm at Joel Pearl, J O E L P E A R L. I'm also on Fightful Overbook. Go to FightfulOverbooked.com. We drop content there every single day, sometimes more than once a day. I got to stop letting them do that. I swear to God. We do a show that's about basketball. I don't know why we let that happen. But I get that people like it, so I'm not going to stop them. Kushida's coming to Impact. That makes me happy. Sean was in Louisville today doing Impact Press. So you know that Josh Alexander is going to be the shit out of him next time he sees him. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, Sean Rossap is a giant dork, and we'll see you in the next. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.